Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Ah, g'day. Do you have a problem with teams resting players? Do you? Of course you do. 13 13 0467 It's the theme and the flavour of the morning, isn't it? Manpower over momentum. And that's what it comes down to heading into the finals. All the good coaches talk about momentum coming into the playoffs, coming into September. So, so why are we hearing this from Kevy and Craig Bellamy? Oh, well, we're obviously going <laughs> to... Uh, we'll give some players a bit of a rest, but also keeping in mind we want to keep our momentum that we built up, you know, uh, to keep keep going with that. So, yeah, it's um, it's a bit of an indifferent week because, um, you know, it's uh, we're very close to finals and we've secured a, a nice position on the ladder. So, yeah, there will be some resting, obviously, um, but I'll make a decision later today on how many we actually are resting. Yeah, I'd imagine, you know, we probably rest, you know, four or five guys, to be quite honest. Obviously, um, you know, Jerome's out, um, so he, he won't play. But um, there's a few of our other guys that have played, you know, a lot of footy this year. And, um, you know, we think a rest would, would do them good. Yeah, Craig Bellamy and Kevin Walters. Kevin Walters speaking to Patton Heels just on half an hour ago. So for the Broncos, but maybe no Haas, no Walsh, no Farnworth, no Marm, no Cobbo. That's what we're hearing. Kevy wouldn't confirm, but he did confirm there are going to be players who will be rested this week. It could also mean no minor premiership. Is that okay? The minor premiership, I, I can live without because let's face it, who remembers who won the minor premiership each year? We talk about premiership droughts for the Broncos, not since 2006. I'm okay with foregoing the minor premiership, but I just... Look, I get the tactical side of being fresh for finals, but as a fan... I feel robbed. Don't you? If you've bought tickets to Thursday night, Broncos and Storm, and more than 45,000 of you have, are you feeling gypped? 131355-0467-736-736. It almost feels like this game needs an asterisk next to it. And it's not only the Broncos who are doing this. We're, we're hearing the Panthers are going to rest players as well. Three o'clock, four o'clock this afternoon. We're going to find out. Um, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be huge news. You know what? If the Panthers rest players, it, it could mean the Cowboys get a free kick into the finals as well. Uh, just those names I mentioned with the Broncos. That's on top of no Reynolds, no Carrigan, no Stags. Mm. It'll be a good test of depth, but I don't know. I don't think it's a good test at all. N- not a week out from the finals. And don't even start me on AFL's bye week. Oh, my God. What's the point of that? All momentum on field and off it, it just stops. Especially in markets outside of Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney. It gives a free kick to every other code that's going along. Well, NRL, of course. We'll have to start talking about Wallabies. Oh, God. Um, the Lions and the AFL are going to drop off the radar after tomorrow. Four to five days outside of the news cycle. I bet your sponsors are stoked with that. But more importantly, what about fans? Are you okay with them sitting out for a week? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. If you're going to do it, if you're going to have a week off, do it before the grand final, wouldn't you? So everyone is fresh and rested and a chance to recuperate before the showpiece game uh, of the year. Not the finals.
Look, the one thing it does do, it, it gives the AFLW some clean air. That starts this weekend, and it's probably the only thing that's allowing the AFL to keep doing this because the broadcasters are happy. They've got some content to show. But again, if you're going to have a week off to freshen up, do it before the grand final. Because I guess that's the whole thing. That's the whole big picture, isn't it? That's the big dream. There's a place I go when I'm Have you caught the dream yet? Do you dare to dream? Have you allowed yourself to actually think about it, to imagine the Broncos and the Lions lifting the... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I won't jinx it. I won't jinx it. It's not the early crow, but tell me you haven't been thinking about it by telling me you haven't been thinking about it. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Look, thanks for putting the magic spray on with me this Tuesday morning. Uh, where I am broadcasting right now from the sporting capital, the football capital of this country, Brisbane, because the Broncos have one hand on the minor premiership, resting players or not, and the Brisbane Lions have finished second and they've locked down two home finals. Before the Storm in Richmond did it in 2020 and 2017, you have to go back to 2005 when Benji's Tigers and Barry Hall's Swans took both AFL and NRL titles to Sydney. Could 2023 be Brisbane's year? Do you dare to dream? Do you dare to think about it? I know no one likes the early crow, and this certainly isn't it. But the question to you this morning is, who's going to stop them? Penrith, the Storm, are they going to stop the Broncos? What about Collingwood or Port? Are they going to stop the Lions? Well, Collingwood, no. They've accounted for them this year. Actually, Port are the only team still remaining in the competition that the Lions have not beaten this year. Who's going to beat the Lions? Who's going to beat the Broncos for the Premiership? And do we dare to dream? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. That's the digits you need to be part of Queensland sports' biggest conversation. Look, while you ponder the pointy end of the table, what about the other extreme? Today, I also want to explore with you the overachievers and the underachievers for 2023. I know you've thought about this. I'm sure it's been part of every discussion when it comes to sport, when it comes to your footy. Uh, and either code as well. I'll get into mine shortly, but who are your overachievers for 2023? The Broncos? Kevy's done a wonderful job. I mean, look at this time last year. They fell off a cliff and those scars, they are hard to hide, right? So have they overachieved for 2023 or is it just the correction with the squad that he's got? It's kind of back to the norm. What about you, Roosters fans? <laughs> have you? No, not overachievers, underachievers. Uh, Richmond fans, Tigers, biggest membership base in the country. Underachieved, do you think? Or Souths fans? Who's been the biggest surprise to you this year? Or perhaps the biggest disappointment? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Dream teams and nightmares. That's what we are talking to. Actually, speaking of nights, 
they've got to be up there, right? As far as overachievers. Who are your dream team this year? And who are your nightmares? Uh, two premiership legends, both from the Broncos and Lions, Brent Tate and Simon Black, will be along in the next hour. They will dissect Brisbane's chances. They'll give their thoughts on resting players and I'll give you their overachievers and underachievers for 2023. Uh, women's sports, so we're going to dive into this. It seems off the back of the Matildas, it is exploding. Everyone wants to be part of every female sport, which is great. And actually, it's unfair to say that's off the back of the Matildas because I know there has been an appetite for women's sport in this country, especially in the corporate world. It has been for years. I've seen it firsthand. But the big question is, what's going on with netball? Mm. I mean, we are talking about our prime female sport in this country. Why is it struggling? We're the world champs. It's the third biggest team sport as far as participation in this country. You just have to go to Downey Park on a Saturday morning and you know what I'm talking about. If you can get a park at Downey Park, you're doing well. If you want to retire early, get a coffee cart, coffee van, or set up a barbecue and sausage sizzle at Downey Park on a Saturday during winter. And then you wouldn't have to work for the rest of the year. Tens, like there's 10,000 there on a Saturday. We, we know that. Netball, absolutely flying at grassroots level. But why is the elite competition such a mess? Or not such a mess, but in a mess. Because in a month's time, there will be no players signed to play in the competition. Going to delve into that after 10 o'clock this morning. Ah, we've got the quiz coming up after 11 as well. I've got a night on us at the Lord Alfred Hotel up for grabs. Oh, oh, I've got to give you clues. We'll be doing that throughout the morning as well. I'll be giving you answers, in fact, not just clues. I'll be giving you answers. So make sure you've got your pen and paper ready to take that down. I'm also going to be keeping an eye on a bunch of sport that is happening uh, during the morning. The U.S. Open is underway, off and running. We've got Australia A, or Queensland, against New Zealand A at Allen Borderfield. <laughs> we'll be keeping an update on that play to resume in about 15 minutes' time there. Uh, as Paddy and Heels were speaking about right towards the end, Cameron Smith is back home. The golfer. Uh, we'll be hearing from him a big announcement about what his summer looks like here down under. Uh, he did say also 99% sure if the Broncos make the grand final, he'll be there. I take it as red, 100% sure he'll be there. Uh, Jared Berry has just spoken at Springfield as well. Ali Anderson from the Lions Den will be hearing from then. The Dolphins talking at 10, so I'll keep you across everything that is happening uh, in this great city of ours in the southeast. Uh, 13-13-55-0467-736 is the number for you to be involved. But before we do that, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. The Dolphins are the biggest overachievers in Australian football this season. Tell me I'm wrong. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. And if they're not, which team is and why? Across our major winter codes, NRL and AFL, there is no other team in 2023 that's punched above their weight like Redcliffe. They were written off, they were given a snowball's chance and they were joint ladder leaders when the first Battle of Brisbane ignited. Hello, what a start to the season. Halfway through the season, Wayne Bennett's boys were top six. They were top eight until round 15. 
still, they are the biggest overachievers in footy this year. And I know that's a funny thing to say about a team that's about to finish 14th, maybe 13th at best, and a team that's won one of their last 11. But remember this last year, for those long-time listeners of the show, Corey Parker on the Monday Means Test spoke to me about, well, his thoughts on how the Dolphins would go in their inaugural year. I can't see the, the Dolphins finishing any higher than 12th. Um, any higher than 12th. So 13, 14, 15, 16 is where I'd see them sitting. Now, as a pass mark, I actually don't know where, where do you put them as a pass mark because, um, you know, they obviously haven't played in the, in the NRL before. Um, you know, the team that run last this year won four games. That was the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, does the, does do the Dolphins win more than four games? I'm not sure. The team that run last... Last year was the Bulldogs. They won three games. Did the Dolphins win more than three games? So you'd expect it. If you're going to run last, you've got to win at least four or five games. A real challenge for Wayne and his coaching staff to try and get something out of that group. So um, I'd be saying, yeah, I can't see him finishing any higher than 12. Mark, time and date. We've marked down. We'll come back and revisit that. And we have just done that. Can't see him finishing higher than 12th. Corey, spot on. 14th or 13th at best, where they sit right now. But the other part of that conversation was having a look at the wooden spooners. Four games and three games. Where were those wins coming from? And he made a good point. Many were tipping the Dolphins to be wooden spooners. And when you consider they had just five weeks together as a full team, five weeks, where they've ended up is an amazing result. Five weeks of pre-season due to, what, a third of their inaugural team being away at the World Cup until early January. Every other team had been together for years, the the bulk of them. And that time spent together is something you can't buy. You can't get that off the shelf. So the Dolphins have had five weeks together and they start blowing the competition away. Then they lose one of their biggest and best signings, Tom Gilbert a season-ending injury come origin. Starting to look a bit shaking now. And one of their first picked halves, 13 weeks with a peck injury for Sully. Felice Cafusi, a test player, the hitman, their, their, their bodyguard for their 19-year-old half, nine weeks suspended. The wheels have well and truly fallen off now. So for them to have posted eight wins in their debut season, possibly nine if they can beat the Warriors this Saturday, is an amazing result. When you put it in perspective, the Cowboys took four seasons to reach eight wins from their inception. The the Gold Coast, it took them 10 years being in the competition to post that many wins. And the Dolphins have done it in their first year. So that's why they are the best overachieving team of 2023 in, in any code. Don't you agree? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6. Adding to the Dolphins' respectability, Jermaine Asako, he's the competition's leading try scorer with 23 and the leading point scorer, 230 points. He's, what, 15, 14 clear of Meany in a team that's only won eight games this season. Not bad, but you have a look at some of their losses too. Three losses by a point. Jeez, I could have hit double digits. That's why Wayne's World and where he lives out on the peninsula 
for his team does anyway. That's why they are my overachievers for 2023. Who's yours? Um, the unders, the underachievers. So the Chooks have got to be in the grand final, don't they? The Roosters, Roosters fans. Actually, if not the grand final, definitely the semis. You're in the semifinals with Souths because only one of them won't. Well, actually, only one of them will play September. Maybe both won't so play September if the Cowboys can beat the Panthers by enough, um, which leads me to the other underachiever, the Cowboys. Cowboys, Roosters and Souths, they are the biggest underachievers of the year. They're in that semi-final. They're in the top four of the underachievers. North Queensland, are they your biggest underachievers? I mean, last year they were one win away from a grand final and now they're missing the finals or quite possibly missing the finals. To me, though, it doesn't make them the biggest disappointments of 2023. That's got to be the Eels. Parramatta. Does it matter? Come on. From a dream grand final to the nightmare of missing the top eight. And it's simple. I'm not going to give any numbers or figures or stats, except they went from a decider to just double figures on the ladder. They are the biggest underachievers of the year. Did their personnel change much? Not really. Am I being a bit too harsh? Not really. Or am I not being harsh enough? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Same with the AFL. I mean, last year's premiers, Geelong. They've gone from untouchable down to 12th. They've got to be in the grand final with Parramatta as the biggest underachievers of the year. Actually, then you look at the AFL's grand final from last year as well. The Swans, they've just scraped into the eight. Did I miss anyone? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Overs and unders today as far as the achievement ranks of 2023. We're on the doorstep of the finals. It is time to talk. Well, it's time to talk. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 21 minutes past nine this Tuesday morning here on SENQ. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Ah, yes, we are daring to dream, aren't we? Title Town here in Brisbane. It's not the early crow. We just want to get some positivity. We've got the Broncos with one hand on the minor premiership. We've got the Lions finishing second on the ladder, two home finals. And then hopefully that last Saturday in September. Do we dare to dream? Dragon, dreams of ordinary men. That's a good one for you, Sammy. I like that one. I like that. Very, very underrated song, I would have thought. 29, uh, 27 minutes past nine, uh, 19 degrees in uh, the River City. A few showers, the Bureau of Meteorology tells us this afternoon. Uh, we'll see if they uh, develop. Let's head to the open line right now. Dave was firing straight off. Actually, speaking of dreams of ordinary men and dragon, you're underachievers, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, man. I, I did dare to dream this year. I... I have been a hapless Dragon supporter since the 75 Grand Final. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And <laughs> I, I dare to dream, you know, Ben Hunt, we had some really good cattle and I thought this year could be good. Maybe not a Grand Final, but at least the eight. And we just, oh, man. You talk about teams losing by a point or so. There were so many games this year that we could have won. And I... I dare to dream for next year to at least 
do something with a new coach. So they're my underachievers for the year, mate. Yeah, so do you think that do you think that'll happen? Do you think a, a, a new voice at the top will will change things straight away? Well, I, I kind of hope that was so. A, that I was mean, a big sigh, Dave. Like, Dave, that was a big sigh. <laughs> when, when, ben, whenever I talk about the Dragons, it's always a deep sigh. Um, <laughs> but I look at what you know as an example: Super Coach Ange Postecoglou's done with. Got my Hotspur, yeah, you know, and I dare to dream them as well. Um, I'm a big Ange fan, so you know, hopefully, the new guy can get it done, and we will at least be in the eight next year. You know, as by all reports, Hunt Stone. So, mm. you know, with that, and maybe some of the new guys that he brings on with him, um, let's dream. Let's dream. That's all we've got, isn't it? We've, we've got hope. We've got our dreams. Dave, thank you for kicking us off this Tuesday morning, 13, 13, 55. Long-suffering Dragons fans, I know there's so many of you out there. Yes, Andrew, I'm talking to you. Uh, Dave had the, well, he had the Kooners put on the line and just breathe and just let it out and, and to share. Look, it's almost, it's almost a therapeutic session, isn't it? He dares to dream and he mentioned... Ange Postacoglu, and what a fan he is of Ange. Well, Ange has picked up one of the world's... I reckon if there's anyone you want to have be a fan of, it'd be this bike. And through it all, we'll play the way we want to with Big Ange Postacoglu. Well, I'm right or wrong, it's Big Ange Yeah, he is, Dane. He is. Uh, Robbie Williams, he is now a Tottenham Hotspurs fan. And aren't we all just because of Ange? I could play that over and over again. How good is it? I know it's a couple of days old, but Robbie Williams, one of the best. He loves Ange too, one of the best. 13, 13, 55, uh, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Andrew, thank you for your text. It's like you're reading my mind, or at least uh, we hear we're on ESPN together, just uh, telepathically talking. He's just chimed in, a uh, long-suffering Dragons fan, Andrew. He said, this bloke is in complete denial about the Dragons. He's dreaming. <laughs> and that's coming from a very, very big Red V fan. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 736 Text line is lighting up. I'll get to that in just a tick. Uh, Vanessa's standing by with the news. But before we do that, one of the answers. Ooh, one of the answers for the quiz. Remember, uh, a night on us at the Lord Alfred is up for grabs today. Uh, which one should I give you? Hmm. All right. 11th. 11th. Mark that down. It's one of the answers to the questions of the quiz. Our last man standing quiz coming up after 11 o'clock today. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Sweet dreams are made of
Ah, yes, the dream theme. Do we dare to dream about an all-Brisbane AFL-NRL grand final this year? Actually, i tell you who else is dreaming. I've just got an email through from the kids' high school. Student-free day on Friday. What? They're dreaming, aren't they? What, what is it? Pupil-free days. I never had them when I was a kid. When, when did this come into vogue? And what do they do? Teachers. On that day, do they have the day off? Or do they? Well, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Student free days. Uh, anyway, 13, 13 55. Sorry, I digress. Uh, let's bring in our well Broncos premiership winner, a Cowboys uh, star as well, Test star, uh, Maroons star. Actually, is there a star of anything you can't do? Brent Tate, a very good morning to you, uh, Tatey. Oh no. <laughs> See, I, I probably need to get a bit, bit oh, I probably should have said TV star too because when it comes to Fox Sports, he is one of the best on the sideline there, one of the best analysts. Can we get him back? Oh, we will. All right, let me have a look at some of these texts coming through while we're getting Tatey back on the line. Uh, ben, as a Broncos fan, I don't feel robbed. Smart player management by the teams that have earned it. And that's from Matt at Raceview. Matt, thank you for your thoughts. He doesn't feel robbed about players being rested. Uh, Brent Tate, very good morning. Good morning, Benny. How are you? Oh, mate, very, very well. I thought you might have thought you might have had to go check your phone to see if the kids had a student-free day on Friday as well. I, I thought that's maybe when I lost you, um, mate. The, <laughs> speaking of time off, speaking of time off, uh, we're hearing players are going to be rested from the Broncos and the Storm. Can I just get your thoughts coming into this? Oh, I thought it was all about momentum and playing your best footy coming into finals. Oh, look, oh, it's going to be interesting, actually, Benny, because the teams, whoever loses, I guess, week one um, from resting their players, I mean, that's going to be the argument. You know, they lost some momentum. But I think, it, um, and Penrith have probably proven this over the last couple of years, that the competition's so hard. If you do finish up the top and you have got the luxury where you can rest some players and give them a week off, mate, um, you know, I, I think I'd probably choose to do it as well, just to freshen them up, especially a lot of them would have a lot of niggles and stuff. But, um, you know, it is about momentum. So it'll be really interesting to see how yeah. um, both all, all the clubs that are resting them handle it. Well, Tady, I go back to teams when they've had the bye during the year and the majority, not all, but the majority have struggled after a week off just to sort of get back into the swing of things to get that momentum going again. Yeah, I, I, look, I... It'll just be interesting to how they manage that week off. You know whether they give the guys time off, or you know whether they just stop them, um, obviously from not playing the game. But obviously they keep training. So yeah, yeah it's it, it, Benny. I must admit though, this this time of year it is all about about momentum um, and playing week in and week out and being that battle hardened. So um, yeah, as I said, it's going to be an interesting to see how it all plays out. But I mean, Penrith the last couple of years have had the luxury of doing it, and it's obviously worked for them winning back to back off the back of sort of resting guys in that last round. So, um, you know, most club, clubs are obviously adopting that sort of approach at the moment. Was ever a coach come to you, Tady, and, and had that conversation about, hey, mate, we might give you a spell this week just to keep you fresh? Did that ever happen in your career? Um, yeah, I think so, mate, especially Wayne. Um, I think Wayne had a great ability to just know when you, you needed a week off or a break, um, you know, and, and he'd certainly give you that. Wayne was never afraid to sort of, give you some time off and let you freshen up. And, um, you know, the comp is so hard, Benny, I must admit, like week in and week out. I've never seen a comp be so hard to get two points um, than I have this year. 
um, you know, it is a you know each week guys are emptying the tank just to 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 win and and win. You know, it's it's tough to win hard the way they are. So, you know, I think now the game is so tough a week off, and they're all so professional. I think it, you know it's a real luxury that you know those clubs have got, and I think it, I think it'll work. I I think it's going to be a benefit. Uh, who who uh, then who. I, I just I, during the ad break, and I've got to get my head around this. During the ad break, I, I was speaking to our man on the the Sunshine Coast, uh, Luke McGarry from Seven News up there, and and he was saying that the suggestion is that there could be up to ten players brought in from the Falcons and Easts to play in the Storm side this weekend. T- ten players. I mean that that's that's almost resting the entire the entire team. Yeah, mate. I I think you sort of. That that to me is probably going to the extreme. Um, you know, I think you know, there's if you've got the luxury to arrest a few guys that might be carrying a bit of a niggle, that's fine. But um, to look at changing the whole team, I reckon that's probably going to yeah. I'd be I'd be sort of raising an eyebrow at that. Um, and then not only that, I mean, the knock-on effect that that has at the Falcons are obviously playing in the reserve grade comp yeah. who won on the weekend against the Dolphins. So made it. Um, you know that that's got huge ramifications for for footy across the state, really. So, yeah, look, oh, mate, if it's me, I think you can rest a few key guys that obviously need a rest and that a long year. You get the opportunity to do that, but when you're talking about ten or more, um, I reckon you sort of stand starting to run the risk of really losing some momentum. So, yeah, so that's that'd be a, that'd be an eyebrow raise from me. What about the record Brisbane have against Melbourne? We've got to go back to almost back when you were playing, Tatey. So back in the olden days. Uh, when the Broncos last beat Melbourne Storm, 2016, it was. Yeah, mate. It's we've they've always been a, a real nemesis of Brisbane. I remember playing Storm and copping plenty of floggings from them over the years. They're just a really tough team to play, um, and they're one of those teams that any time they play Brisbane, they just lift. I don't know what it is. Um, I think it goes back to the old days of Rebo and the Broncos and all that sort of stuff, and being a glamour club. And um, mate, they're just a they're a wonderful team. They're a wonderful club. And when they play Brisbane, they certainly lift and go to another level. And there's always been a whole heap of Queenslanders playing in the, the Melbourne Storm. And, mate, for some reason, when they come home and play at Suncorp, they were just so tough to beat. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, obviously, with everyone resting players and yeah. to, um, both clubs sort of, you know, sitting guys out. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think we can probably read too much into the result, though, or this week, this week. But, um, yeah see what happens the following week. Yeah, which is crazy when Brisbane have a chance to clinch the minor premiership if they win. Let's have a look at the other end of the eight, Tatey, with the Cowboys knocking on the door to, to, to get in there. I mean, they need to beat Penrith. And and if we're you know getting a clue out of Penrith, they're talking about resting players as well. Yeah, uh, mate, they do need to win. Um, and I think they need to win well. And I don't think that even guarantees them to no. be there. Um, I think you, you obviously got to bring the calculator out and start doing the math. Um, well, look, they, they, they need I, the I, Roosters to beat. They need the Roosters to beat the Bunnies. Right, and we need to and win. The Cowboys need that's to win. It. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, look, mate, and that's obviously right on the cards. But look, even if the Cowboys do make the finals, I, I couldn't see them doing any damage in the finals, mate. I think they've sort of been running on empty from the start of their season. Um, and the way they started the year off pretty poor, I think, um, for me, it just looks like they've been running on empty for a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, pretty disappointing year up there, I, I feel. But um, obviously, you know, 
bit of solace if they do get into the finals. But, you know, realistically, I think that'd be probably cannon fodder, you know, sort of week one if they are to make it. All right, Tabor, that, that leads me into my, my final question to you today, and it's a double-barrelled one. The, the overachievers of the comp and the underachievers for 2023. Who, who in your mind, have been the overachievers and the unders? Uh, I don't know if they've been the overachievers, but, mate, I, I love what, um, you know, Brisbane and the Warriors have done this year. I don't think anyone, um, you know, would have picked them to be in the top four, mm. uh, especially probably the Warriors. You know, they've had a couple of really ordinary years. Um, but so, mate, they, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't say they're overachievers, but they've certainly, you know, surprised a few people. And, you know, I think a club like the Cowboys and, you know, the Roosters or the Rabbitohs, if they don't make the finals, I think, you know, with both the squads, um, you look at it, hey, mate. They, they should be playing finals footy, and they're not. So, um, yeah, that that's probably where I sit, Benny. Yeah, no, that's fair. I've got them. I, I, there's four teams in my semi-finals for the underachievers, and it's the it, it's the the bunnies, the cowboys, and the roosters. Those three that are really battling it out for the final eight spot. But the the winner of the that semi-final is the fourth team. I've got to bring is is the eels. I mean, they were a grand finalist last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the Eels. You're definitely right. They'd have to be on the podium, wouldn't they? From grand final to missing the eight. Um, yeah, it's been really disappointing. So I reckon that's, sell- I reckon that's telling, Tatey. I-, I forgot about the Eels. Last year's grand final. So yeah, we- and we well, forgot about go. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We did. Yeah. 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 No, I agree, mate. I mean, it's just, as I said to you before, I've never seen a competition be so hard to win, you know, each week, um, week in and week out, just to get two points. Like, I'll watch... You know the guys come off after a game, and mate, they they have all emptied the tank, and that's just a you know it's just a regular game to get two points. Um, mm. uh, the comps has been as tough as I've ever seen it. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Exactly right. Hey, listen, I'm going to let you go. It's going to be an interesting round of footy. That that's what it's going to be an, an interesting round because we have no idea. I mean, we will this afternoon who's going to line up. Although they put squads of what 22 and 23 out, so it's anyone's guess and still how they're going to uh, line up uh, come the weekend. Uh, Tate, let's talk next week when it comes to finals time. Brent Tate, uh, Kangaroo, Maroon, uh, Broncos Premiership winner, Cowboy Warrior, uh, and of course Fox Sports analyst. He's been there and done it all. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Jason is down in Melbourne. Great to hear from you, mate. Strongly agree that Melbourne will absolutely smash the Broncos. Goes, yeah, but which Melbourne team's turning up? Actually, d- does form even count? Well, it can't count, can it? If you're bringing in a brand new team, if you're making that many changes, and, and what does that do? Not only does it give your stars a, a breather, a freshen up, but it halts momentum. I guess it gives that next fringe player a chance in first grade, doesn't it? Does that matter at this time of year? 13, 13, 55, uh, Another answer in the quiz. Remember, at 11 o'clock, I've got a $100 voucher. That's a night out, isn't it? At the Lord Alfred uh, for our winner of the quiz. I've already given you one answer. Uh, another answer. So this is the second of 10. France. Mm, France. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Back with your texts in just a moment. Seven away from 10. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
this has been a tough couple of days um, for me personally because it's not in my nature to to do this. I've yeah. never sort of done this. Had to do this before. I'm yeah. always competitive and want to win and all those things. But I've had to take a step back and look at the bigger picture of of, of our club and what's what's ahead. And for me, the safest way to get to where we want to go is to to make these decisions to pull some guys out. So. I apologise to all our fans in advance that are, you know, going, but don't, don't be upset because anyone who puts a Broncos jersey on will give 100% and you'll see a terrific performance from our guys on Thursday night. Yeah, there we go. Kevin Walters speaking to Patton Heels earlier this morning. He wrestled with this. He struggled with this, but he confirmed he will be resting players Thursday night against the Melbourne Storm. Which players? Well, we'll find out at 4 o'clock this afternoon. So it is about bigger picture stuff, isn't it? But does that make you feel any better? on Thursday night or about Thursday night, resting players. So we know the Melbourne Storm are going to do it as well. Uh, Penrith, we're hearing the same. The minor premiership, not so important. Of course it isn't. It's about the bigger picture, isn't it? It's about daring to dream. It's all about remembering what happened in 2006 and how it's been too long between drinks. But again, does it make it any easier as a fan? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Andrew Gay's not too far away from Japan. Simon Black too coming up. Tickets are on sale for members right now. Lions members, Port members, Gabba members for next Saturday. It is the qualifying final, the Lions and Port Adelaide. Is there any stopping the Lions for the premiership? Is there? Maybe Port. Port are the only team still in the finals race that Brisbane haven't beaten this year. It'll be a big test for them, but after the Adelaide ambush, or despite the Adelaide ambush in round one, the Lions have won their last five against them. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We are doing it all thanks to Maccas. They're proud sponsors of Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. And at six minutes past 10, I, I want to touch on the grassroots here in Queensland. We know netball is one of the biggest grassroots sports in this country. In fact, as far as participation rate, it's third in team sports in this country. Yet at the elite level, there's something going on. There's something that's just not right. We are world champions. We have the strongest professional league in the world. Yet at the elite level, netball is just not getting the traction it should be. And in the wake of what we're seeing with the Matildas and the exposure and the growth and the, and the hunger for women's sport, the, the most traditional female sport in this country, there's something just going on with netball. Because in the next month, if something doesn't happen, there will not be any contracted players for the Super Netball Series. How does that happen? Well, let me bring in someone who has an idea. She's written about this for Code Sports. It is Emma Greenwood from News Corp to shine some light on it. Emma, very good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on the show. Netball at the elite level. What's happening in this country? Well, Ben, we're in a little bit of a mess, really. In just over 30 days, uh, every player in the Super Netball competition comes off contract. That's 80 players. They all come off contract at the same time. Now, can you imagine if that happened in AFL or NRL, what sort of a frenzy there would be? Uh, They all come off contract at the same time. But what's happened at the moment, they don't have a CPA, a collective players agreement. The enterprise bargaining has not been done. So no one knows what the salary cap is for next season. No one knows what 
people can be paid. So clubs can't offer those players contracts with every player in the league off contract. And there's a bit of a, a stalemate at the moment between Netball Australia and the Australian Netball Players Association who are uh, negotiating this agreement. Um, not From what I'm hearing, both sides are... Um, Refusing to budge from their positions a, a little bit. There are talks that have been ongoing for more than a year now about this. Um, but we're getting to the real crisis point where in just over 30 days, these women won't be paid anymore if this is not sorted out. It's true. You're right. Imagine what well, you can't imagine happening with the AFL and the NRL. I mean, we've, we've just been through almost two years of NRL CBA drawn out negotiations. Well, what's... What's the sticking point between the, the, the players and, and Nepal Australia? Look, there's, there's, two, uh, there's two main deals that have to be done here. There are team participation agreements. So those are between each of the eight Super Netball clubs. Um, sorry, I should say seven. So the, the new club that will come in, the SEN-owned club, actually has a team participation agreement in place because they have just signed their licensing agreement. The other mm. seven clubs, the existing seven Super Netball clubs, still don't have a team participation agreement. So even if a CPA was done tomorrow, because the team participation agreements aren't yet in place, um, the players can't be signed. So basically the sticking point there is um, perhaps the length of those deals at the moment. Um, they tend to go from um, broadcast agreement to broadcast agreement or even as we have at the moment, we're two years into the Foxtel deal, a five-year Foxtel deal, uh, a Fox Sports deal, rather, and uh, Netball Australia and the clubs are looking to do an agreement for the next three years, which is to the end of that broadcast agreement. The clubs would like longer, and you can understand why. At each time we come up, um, we generally don't... Um, we're not actually negotiating those licences. Those licences stay in place. It's just little bits and pieces, ticky-tack. So the teams would like, say, 10-year deals or even deals in perpetuity um, just to allow, give them some certainty, allow them to negotiate with sponsors and other partners mm. and, and bed things down for themselves. I'm hearing, though, that that is quite close. So hopefully we'll have these team participation agreements done very quickly and then we're just looking at the CPA. So the CPA is between the players and their representatives, the Australian Netball Players Association and Netball Australia. And, and basically, the real sticking point here is revenue share. So if you look at all the big sports, the, the NRL, the AFL, Super Rugby, they have a share of the revenue that comes in that's generated from that competition. That's what the players would like here. But you've got to remember with netball, as you talked about before, one of the biggest sports or probably the biggest sport in women's sport participation-wise in Australia, um, there is a $4.2 million debt hanging over Netball Australia's head. Now, their chief executive, Kelly Ryan, argues that paying down that debt is the number one priority for the sport, and you can understand that. The Netball Players Association and the players want to negotiate revenue that, that comes into the sport. That's new money coming into the sport, and they want to know that if the players through the Super Netball competition generate new revenue, they can have a part of that. And you can actually see both sides here. 
the problem is neither side at the moment is willing to budge much from their position and we're at a bit of a stalemate. Uh, Emma, and I'm glad you did mention the, the SEN licence. And full disclosure, this was the reason why it actually piqued my interest. Yes, SEN is a network. <laughs> we have picked up the Collingwood licence and, and went straight in and signed the, the TPA, but no other team has. And I thought, well, hang on, what, why? And that's when I, um, I, I, I'd seen your article and I thought, right, you're the best person to explain this, where and what the sticking points are and where, and where it all sits on the sporting landscape. So just on that, on that debt, $4.1 million. Is there any um, projection on when Nipple Australia think they might be able to clear that debt? Is that a season away or is it four seasons away? I think it's probably a couple of years away. I think they'd like to make a, a really big pivot uh, in that, take a really big chunk off in the next year or so. They've, they've actually consolidated a lot over the past year. Um, a series of articles through News Corp and Code Sports last year exposed that $4.2 million debt and they have done nothing in the past year to actually pay that down despite some new money flowing into the sport. What they have done is got bank loan extensions, shored up their other financial um, areas and they actually posted Netball Australia a $300,000 profit at the end of, of last um, season, their last financial year. So. You know that's a really that's a pretty small profit, but they're back in the black and they're really working at paying down that debt. So they've got new money that has come into the sport. They've their commercial department. You've um, regardless of of any other problems going on, you've you've got to give them some credit. They've got some big new sponsorship deals, some blue chip companies that have invested in the sport and come in. And, and they're looking to pay that debt down. Um, now, Kelly Ryan says that's the number one priority. And as, as CEO of Netball Australia, she's got a lot of people banging at the door. The players through Super Netball want money. The clubs want money. The grassroots want, grassroots want money. The member organisations want money. And High Performance wants money. So there's not a very big pie, in it, and there are a lot of areas that it has to be divvied up. But... The players, uh, as you as you alluded to before, Super Netball is the best netball competition in the world. Mm. Netball New Zealand's competition is really the only other professional competition, and they only have one import per team. So it's not like we can have, uh, and they can have an influx of players into that Netball New Zealand competition. And the England Super League, they're not fully professional as yet. So they have one marquee player per club. The, the likes of Jeevan Mentor, who left Collingwood at the end of last season, has left the Australian competition and gone there. She will earn uh, a full-time wage as a marquee player with some other sponsorship deals. But generally speaking, it's not like all these players can go off to England or have a whole lot of other options. So it's not in the players' interests to, to do any sort of deal that would bankrupt the game. That's just not mm. in their interest and that's not what they're about. What they're actually saying is, even if we don't get a pay rise now, what we would like to negotiate is if it can be proven that the super netball competition itself is generating new money coming in, we want a share of that. And you can, you can see that uh, that's probably a reasonable argument.
Yeah, you would think so. Emma, thank you for the snapshot of the landscape because it's a question I was asking on football after after the Matildas' success as well. It is the biggest participation team sport in this country, football, soccer, If yeah. And now we look at netball and they seem to be in the same sort of position where they just can't get that traction of grassroots. Emma, appreciate your time and we'll keep in touch. Emma Greenwood, uh, part of uh, News Corp Code Sports is where she wrote that article and it just piqued my interest. I also remember after the Diamonds won the, the World Cup and there was no prize money for that. So maybe it's a world netball thing, which again is just, I don't know, the, the questions have got to be asked, don't they? It just staggers me. I mean, you, you go to Raby Bay and the, uh, Raby Bay, you go to Runaway Bay on the Gold Coast and any weekend, Downey Park and any of the other uh, netball centres around the southeast during a weekend, it is packed. And how is this not funneling up? Actually, maybe that's the problem. Is it a funnel up or a funnel down system? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 16 minutes past 10 this Tuesday morning. Simon Black, Lions legend on the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's only me and I walk... Sam, I'm liking where you're going today, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams from Green Day. Let's hope it's not a broken dream as far as Brisbane teams are concerned. We are daring to dream, aren't we? It's not the early crow, believe you me. It's about hope. It's about dreams. Can you imagine two Brisbane teams, the Broncos and the Lions, in the grand finals on the same weekend too. September 30, October 1. Uh, Simon Black standing by. I, I do want to bring in another Australian sporting legend right now. He, he's standing by in Japan where he is standing by for the Boomers going against the host country tonight in Basketball's World Cup. I speak none other than SEN's own Andrew Gaze. Gaze, a very good morning to you. <laughs> um, it, it's a tense morning, isn't it? It could be the Boulevard of Broken Dreams for the Boomers if they don't fire up tonight. Yeah, that's right. It was a disappointing result the other night, albeit it was, it was a great game. And Australia losing to Germany, that's nothing to be disgraced about because they are a high quality team but um but we've got very high expectations now it's no longer the days where those uh hard fought moral victories are, are a win it's um it's about trying to win medals and it's uh it all comes down to tonight where they take on japan and if we can beat japan then we'll progress through to the um, to the next round so it's a um, a do or die situation, but I like our chances. I, I know Japan had a historic win. It was an amazing win. In fact, I, I felt privileged to be in the venue on their home court to to beat Finland. First time they've ever beaten a European team in international competition, major international competition. So it was a incredible night. Had an amazing impact on on the uh, community here in Okinawa. But uh, we're going to have to crush their dreams uh, in the process because we've got to, we've got to beat them tonight. Uh, well, let's hope there's no Matilda's effect for the host nation when it comes to the, the World Cup. We know the, the ride that ah, the Matilda's yes. went on here back here. Uh, just on, okay, just on the, the, the scheme of things, paint the picture for us. You mentioned Japan and Finland. I mean, when the Boomers played Finland to, to open up, I thought, Struth, basketball superpowers Finland. No, mm. no, I don't think so. But 
that geez, defensively <laughs> they, they they were they were strong in that first half. We we were we were under the pump yeah. early against Finland, but but obviously came home to to beat them by what a bit over fifteen, wasn't it? So where, where did Japan sit in, in the scope of world basketball, Gazy? Yeah, well, Finland, it, it's tough. When you're coming out of Europe, there's so many good teams. But they, they've got some high-quality players. And, um, you know, they, they got through to the quarterfinals quarter of the Euros uh, last year. So they, they've got a, a really good team. And uh, But, you know, at this level of competition, anything can happen. And uh, I think that when you look at where Australia's at, you're right in regards to if you've just watched the first quarters of the last two games, then you'd... <laughs> The alarm bells are ringing because in both games, Australia got off to pretty shaky starts. But, uh, you know, they're a high-quality team. And what happens, not just with Australia, but all the teams, their preparation time is really limited. So you kind of got to just weather the storm throughout the early stages of the tournaments. And then if you can do that uh, and and, uh, start playing your better basketball at the latter stages, then good things can happen with these quality teams. But what it does, it makes you nervous at the start because teams aren't quite on the same page and um, haven't, haven't quite got in sync. So hopefully it all comes together. Uh, you're right with the Matildas effect because uh, what I saw with uh, with Japan a couple of nights ago with that win over Finland, they rose to a level which I didn't think they could get to. But they've got some really good players. They've got an NBA player in their team. So it's not like they're an easy pushover. All right, that's tonight just after 9 o'clock our time. We are speaking to Andrew Gaze when it comes to the Boomers. They are in the World Cup. They are fighting for survival. It's a must-win in their final uh, first-round match against uh, Japan. Hey, Gaze, what about the response uh, to a spray from a coach? Because Brian Gores, we know he's good for one, and, and he and he, yeah. de- and he delivered. And, and it was quite pointed. I mean, he was pointing the finger and looking at Josh <laughs> Giddy, uh, almost accusing him of being yeah. a weekend at Bernie's, you know, asleep. Or, no, what did he say? Two dead bodies on the court. <laughs> no, it was a bit like that, and it. Uh, it I guess if you you haven't seen that, uh, and, and you don't always get that type of insight uh, when you when you're watching a game, and it, it can be a little jarring, but uh, pretty run of the mill stuff, really, in regards to how certain coaches respond. Now, maybe I'm a bit desensitised to it because I'm I'm that old. When I first started playing, Brian Gorgian was my teammate. So you can imagine being his teammate and, and uh, the, the, the standards that he sets. That I've I've heard that many a time. So, um, so, it did, oh, so he was, like, he was like that as a player that, too, was he? Oh, after he's a leader. That's a, you know you know the great ones. They hold people accountable, whether they're a player or the coach. And um, sometimes that direct feedback. Now times have changed uh, since when I was a, a youngster first coming into it and. The way in which you communicate may not be as direct as what you you saw with Brian the other night, but but nevertheless, it still needs to be had, and and that's really the sign of of, of great players and good teams where you you hold each other accountable, and that's what Brian was doing. He, he Josh coming out a little soft, and particularly on the defensive end, and he called a timeout, and fortunately, it got the desired response not just from Josh but from the entire team. We can't afford to start slowly. We can't afford to do what we've done in those first two games. Um, is Does Australia... I heard someone say Australia doesn't have a starting problem. They do have a Josh Giddy problem. Uh, again, I, I, it was something that I heard someone comment on. I just want to get your mm-hmm. take on that. Well, I'm not sure what you're referring to because Josh Giddy has been exceptionally good in the first two games. Uh, you know, it, it, down the stretch, it came where there was... 
unfortunately, what was it? There was uh, less than 20 seconds to go, and Josh got some blood on his arm and had to come out. And if you look back on it, that one possession uh, might have cost us the game because he wasn't on the floor. So Josh has been exceptionally good in this one. So if the, the, if the comment is referring to uh, the, the Josh Giddy's contribution to the Boomers and suggesting that it's been poor, then I suggest you don't listen to him because they haven't got a clue what they're talking about. Um, but... But he, um, you know, he's, a, he's an important part of what we do. He's, he's scoring. He's runs the team. And, uh, you know, if he's not playing well, then we're going to have some challenges. Andrew Gaze, it is always great to hear the experience, the voice, the dulcet tones. Um, gut feeling about tonight? Yeah, I'm really confident. I think it's going to be hard for Japan to back up what they did the other night. They 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 were running on adrenaline, running on emotion, and uh, you know it could go two ways. I I, I suppose, but um, even if Australia was to have an off night, they've got too much talent uh, compared to Japan, uh, and it it, it it makes you nervous. But uh, I'm supremely confident that we'll be able to get past Japan. Outstanding stuff, mate. Enjoying the calls on ESPN too. Uh, Andrew Gay is always great to chat. Uh, hopefully, we, hopefully we're going to do it next week too when Australia's still alive and kicking into uh, into the World Cup. Uh, Andrew Gay all the way from Japan. So what awaits the Aussies if they do take down Japan tonight? It is a must win. They're likely to go on to play Slovenia. Uh, remember, Big Luca is with them as well. Uh, and Georgia in the next round. Canada, too, is shaping up uh, as uh, one of the future opponents. But they must get the job done against Japan tonight. Speaking of getting the job done, cue Bon Jovi, because it is time for a news hit at 10.30. Yeah, halfway through the show. Thank you for your company. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, the quiz coming up in about 28 minutes' time. Get ready for that. It's the last man standing quiz. If you're new to the show, welcome on board. Uh, if you've missed anything, you can download the podcast, the full show, or some of our interviews, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find your good podcasts. Uh, but if whether you're listening on 693 AM here in Brizzy or 1620 AM on the Gold Coast or streaming us on the app, and that's the best way to do it too because, you know, on the app, when you're listening to us, there's buttons at the bottom of your phone or your iPad. Actually, can you call on an iPad? Of course you can. Yeah, you can do your voice. Yeah, you can do – yeah, because it's got the text or call buttons right there, ready to go. So you don't need to remember the numbers. But those digits, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Just like Adam has done, he said, mate, best Western Bulldogs with their list – of one of this year's biggest underachievers. Unders and overs is on the menu today. Who have been the overachievers as far as your footy team is concerned in any code? And the underachievers. For me, the overachievers ha- have been the Dolphins. Where I know that's strange when you're talking about a team that's sitting 14th or possibly 13th highest finish this week if they can beat the Warriors. But where they came from, Brand new team, basically five weeks together, considering a third of their squad turned up after the World Cup break in January and then had to play a full-blown competition. I think it's been an incredible run on the peninsula. Remember, they were after 15 rounds. They they were sitting in the top eight. 
I, I know they've fallen off a cliff now, but injury, suspension, uh, just the length of the season for a team that have been together for the best part of five weeks, Wayne's World for me has been the overachievers. Who's been yours? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Razor, thank you for your line. He said, Ben, the Warriors, Dolphins, and St Kilda. They're my overachievers. The Saints. They almost suffocated Brisbane, didn't they? They play a very dour game, the Saints, don't they? But they will be there in the finals. Um... Have a look. A few more. Oh, Braden, all the way from Perth. Uh, good morning to you, Braden. Uh, Benny, enjoy the show. Oh, thank you. Um, the overachievers for me will be the Broncos and the Warriors. I did the ladder with the mate at the start of the season. I had the Broncos ninth and the Warriors thirteenth. <clears throat> Braden, I, I reckon you wouldn't be on your Pat Malone there because most of us had the Cowboys being up there in the top four. I mean, they were one win away from a grand final. The Broncos. Yeah, there's a big claim for them to be overachievers. I mean, right now they're sitting in the minor premiership. They've got to beat the Storm this weekend, and it's theirs. But we know at 4 o'clock today, <laughs> those teams that come out are going to have a big bearing on that. Uh, Steve is out at Ipswich. Steve, very good morning to you. How's Tuesday looking in the switch? Tuesday's looking good. I'm, I'm actually on the way to uh, Noosa for work. Oh. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yes, beautiful. Beautiful day, and like this, yeah, it's lovely drive up. So yeah, it's uh, touch wood. There's no uh, no delays up there. So yeah. Yeah, and and no and no rain coming through. The Bureau of Meteorology saying there could be an afternoon shower or two around. It's sitting right now at 21. We're looking at a top of 24 yeah. uh, for uh, the southeast. Um, mate, who have been your overachievers this year? Um. My overachievers for me would be uh, my uh, Melbourne Storm. Uh, start of the year, absolutely decimated in our forwards. A lot of experience lost. And now we're getting a, in another top four spot. So everyone keeps saying we're going to keep written off. And, and I actually thought this year we'd have a very, very bad year. And here we are sitting fourth. I'm very, very stunned. Stunned indeed, Steve. I like that one. You can never write off the Melbourne Storm, can you? Although we are hearing, I don't know if you heard the show earlier today, but uh, the information we're getting from the sunny coast, that, that the Falcons and even East, obviously the two feeder teams to the Storm, uh, are looking between them to supply possibly up to 10, maybe even 11 players for the Storm against the Broncos. Craig Bellamy has said, yes, he'll be resting players. Just who? We'll find out at 4 o'clock today. Do you have an issue with teams resting players at this time of year, Steve? No, I think, look, the, the ultimate glory is to be there in that last uh, day in October. Yeah. Um, that's, all, that's what everyone wants. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of boys that have played a lot of a lot of games, a lot of minutes. And in Origin, the Origin boys have played a lot of football this year. And it's, you know, a week a week off might just be a difference. So I, I'm happy. And you, and you know what? We've had a lot of players this year that have been injured and have stepped up. I'll be one or two on Thursday to step up and they'll be they'll have a, a full-time spot next year. So you never know what can happen. Stephen, outstanding, mate. Appreciate your contribution to the show. Keep it locked here, listening up to the coast. Enjoy Noosa today as well. Uh, what about the Lions? I know that they're not resting players, but they have a week off. In fact, the entire AFL final series has a week off. Uh, that is one of the biggest head scratches in Australian sport, isn't it? Why just stop all that momentum? How will it affect them? Speaking of lines, Simon Black on the other side of this.
Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Oh, yes, 20 years since the, the three-peats. It just brings tingles every time I hear that. And tomorrow night, the Brisbane Lions as a club will be celebrating that 20-year reunion. They're doubling it up with their Hall of Fame. And one man who will be inducted into that Hall of Fame is already an AFL Hall of Famer. I speak none other than the most decorated player in the game, Simon Black. Blackie, a very good morning to you. What a time. What That, that time in 2003. 20 years, geez, it makes us feel old, but it must seem like yesterday, surely. Uh, good morning, Benny. Yeah, look, it's uh, yeah, it's really exciting, isn't it? Where's twenty years gone? Goodness me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got to be great to see all the guys. A lot of the a lot of the guys from that era, um, you know, they live in the state because they weren't from here, and we don't sort of get to see each other too regularly. Um, uh, we had a bit of a catch up last year for the 2002-20 year reunion, but no, it'd be great, it'd be fantastic, great for the club to be able to, I guess, um, uh, acknowledge that era and um, and for the fans to be able to come along and see some old faces and things. It's going to be a really special night. And, and mate, that, that era is dominating the AFL at the elite level still in either coaching or, or commentary, which I know you're part of, but Vossi with Carlton, Craig McRae with uh, Collingwood, the, the Scott boys with Geelong and, and Essendon. And that's just the head coaches. You've got Leper as an assistant. You've got Blake Carousella. You've got Nige. They're all part of it. Yeah, it's so true. It's, um, you know, it's, I guess, a great, we're really well led from great leadership from my Matthews, our coach, and um, and and we had a lot of great character, great quality people within the within the footy club, um, the playing group to um, you know to go on and do what they're doing now, and um, you know a lot of those attributes or, the, or qualities I guess we learned through playing together and and what it takes to to have success as a team were we'll, we'll sort of formed from from those days, and again leadership in that era and. Yeah, it's really, really good to see, isn't it? Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in time there might be a couple others that become senior coaches too. Yeah, did you? Could you pick it? Could you pick it when you were, when you were playing? Who who would make a good coach? Uh, yeah, you, you tend to be able to. I feel. Yeah, you know, so your bossy would probably go down that path. And um, I mean, Chris Scott's probably interesting one. I, I I didn't necessarily see him as going becoming a coach, but um, he's obviously had a great. A great journey at the Cats, um, and yeah, you, you sort of knew if quite a few of the guys were going that. But it's probably like the team of the eighties, you know, the Haw- sorry, the Hawthorne team of the eighties. A lot of the successful year they had, a lot of those guys went on to become coaches at AFL level too. So um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I guess it's it's, uh, it's an outcome from that successful year we had. Well, I know Craig McRae is coming up for and Leper as well, so it's going to be great to see some of those faces there tomorrow. And I, hey, mate, I'm going to put you on the spot. It's almost like going to a school reunion, isn't it? Who don't you want to be sitting next to? <laughs> There's always one, Probably isn't there? <laughs> Probably Leper. <laughs> Probably Leper or... Uh, yeah, nah. Probably Leper. <laughs> after he's had a couple. He's a pretty confident man at the best of times, but after he's had a couple of, couple of red wines, he's even more confident, Betty. <laughs> Were you in the lift with him after the grand, after after 03 with Lee Matthews when he, when he uttered his famous line? Were you there? Yeah, I was. Yeah, so the story sort of goes. We we'd won that third 
third premiership, we were back to back to the hotel to dump our bags before going out to a function, and the lift got stuck. There was about ten or twelve of us in the lift, and <laughs> Leffer had a a crown lager in his hand, having a beer, and and Lee was in there too. And he says to me, he says, "Gee, Lee, I've, I've just been thinking, if it wasn't for us, you'd be you'd be nothing without us, would you?" <laughs> and Lee ponders it, and he goes, "Yeah, you're probably right, Leff. I'd probably just be left with the greatest player of all time tag." <laughs> 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 yeah, confident, Lepa, confident indeed. Hey, mate, um, we're, we're, we're daring to dream this, this morning, and I guess for the next month, I know we don't like to jinx it, we don't want to go the early crow, but it is about dreams, and, and right now we've got the Broncos sitting on top spot, we've got the Lions in second spot, and we know they've got a home final. They've got two home finals locked away, regardless of what happens next Saturday against Port Adelaide. Do you dare to dream that uh, 20 years on, this could be the team to, to do it again for the Lions? Yeah, look, um, you know, they're, they're well-placed. Uh, they've got a... This year, more than others, um, I feel far more confident. They've got some really good experience. Played some really good, big games the last three or four years now, haven't they? Um, and, and and the large majority of their squad of, you know, about 100-plus games um, now. So, look, they... they um, They've got got a, a lot of experience. They haven't made a grand final, obviously, in this this era. But you know, this this window, you've, you've got to make hay when the sun shines, as they say. And, and they've got a really quality squad. Look, the thing, the issue, I guess, has been, you know, they've been a, they've been a really good side. Can they take that step to being a great side? And to be able to do that, um, you know, the, the launching pad of two home finals, as you say, Ben, is no better opportunity to to do that. Um, the two games at the Gabba. Um, got to get there first, <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, look, I, I'm I've never I've never been more confident with this group. There's no doubt about that. They they're really well placed, and um, the best players are fit and healthy. With a bit of luck throughout September, they can um, they can get there. Uh, last year they had to come from sixth and do it. We saw them break some hoodoos. They 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 won at the MCG. They they beat Melbourne, uh, finishing second. They did in 2019 and 2020. But as you said, they're much more experienced now. They've got a lot of finals under their belt. Who is the key for for you? Or is there a a couple of players? I mean, you can you can go through their elite, but is there anyone that sort of stands out to you as someone who's who's going to need to have a big final series? Well, I guess you, you always need your best players playing well in, in the big games, don't you? Um, but, you know, in the three areas of the ground, the forward line, midfield and back line, there's, there's really critical players in each area. I guess our back, Harris Andrews, is such a um, such an important defensive um, player for us. And it must be said the way Jack Payne's developed this year to allow Harris to, to be so influential with his intercept marking and, and so forth has been amazing. Um but you know you you need you know Lockie Neal to to obviously have a big big month um, in the middle of the ground. Uh, the acquisition this year of Josh Dunkley has been fantastic. I actually probably have him leading the Lions best and fairest. He's been he's been brilliant. Um, um, so look, you, you need you need contributors from everyone. You can't obviously yeah have um you know have have a handful. You need you need you need more winning their position in the opposition, I guess. Um, you know to to not get the get the job done. So. Look, the, the Lions have got a lot of depth. They're a very, very strong attacking team. Um, if they can really be strong in that defensive part of the game, Benny, that's that's huge. You look around, you know, world sport. You often see the best defensive sides sort of win the win the win the thing, win the competition. And that's that's Brisbane's next challenge. You know, can they can they really be strong on defensively? Because you get looks back the other way if you are, you know, with mm. offensively ball in hand, and you need that bit of nastiness. You know, a lot of the really good sides have a bit, a really bit of mongrel about them, and um, yeah, I think that's that's a bit of a challenge still for Brisbane. They're a bunch of great guys, but a bit of a nasty streak would, wouldn't be a, wouldn't wouldn't go astray at times.
Are you saying they need a pikey? Oh, well, look, I mean... Who, who was, was he your nasty? Who was your nasty? I mean, I think we had quite a lot of them, you know. We, we had big, we're a big body team and, and really physical side when you yeah. go through that, that early 2000 team, wouldn't it? didn't we? But, um, you know, you, you, you need both. You've obviously got to be just really good offensively, but, yeah, defensively, you've just got to be able to be, you know, the, the, you know very, very strong. So, um, yeah, Pikey, I mean, you can't be, you can't be, uh, you can't be too over the top these days. Then you've got to, you know, yeah, the game doesn't allow it. <laughs> I won't say thugs, but you can't be, you can't allow it. You know, it's, it's, it's moved on, but it's got, to, it's got to take a collective. Simon, final one to you then. Who stops them? Who is the biggest hurdle Brisbane have to overcome to and standing in their way for a premiership? Oh, geez. I, I probably still have to say, you know, Collingwood at their best, everyone fit um, and available. Um, Collingwood and MCG I'd probably if I had to pick one I'd probably say their best is, is still the best but you know it's the great thing about this final series it seems to be you know fairly fairly wide open um, you know the top four teams one of them generally tend to win it but some of those other teams in the bottom four of the, the eight um, you know really good form so um, look I'm probably sitting on the fence with Benny but if I, if I had to pick one who's the biggest threat I would say it'd be the Magpies yeah We've beaten them the last six, Blackie. So that's the, yeah. That, <laughs> I, I, I know that all goes well. Actually, how many of the MCG out of that six? Uh, none. All right. Yeah, that may that may come into it. That may come into it. <laughs> uh, but tomorrow night is going to be an absolute belter. Twenty years since the three peat, and it is great to uh, it is great to have a chat to you leading into this final series, and it's going to be absolutely epic uh, either way. A couple of home finals for the Lions, and it all kicks off in this bye week uh, with the Hall of Fame tomorrow night, mate. So uh, congratulations on that honour, and uh, congratulations on on twenty years since two thousand and three. You brought some great joy to this city. Yeah, thanks, Benny. No, it's great. I mean, this isn't a go for the city with the Bronx flying and, and the Lions going really well too. It's um, it's fantastic for footy fans. And, um, yeah, no, it'll be nice tomorrow night to relive, I guess, some of those days in the early 2000s. So looking forward to it. Outstanding. Simon Black there. Love to the family, mate. Uh, here at uh, SEN, we're seven minutes away from 10. Uh, I just had a text come through, no name on it, saying uh, the most decorated player, Blackie, really. Um, yeah, he is. Three premierships, a brown low. A Norm Smith, and I know Dusty's won three Norm Smiths, but Dusty hasn't played over 300 games yet, and we know Blackie has done that. Three-time All-Australian, three Merritt Murray medals, so as club champion. He won the Ashcroft Marcus, uh, the Marcus Ashcroft medal and the Rising Star. Well, he's a Rising Star nominee in 99. Hall of Famer. Dusty's not Hall of Fame yet. He can't be until you retired. So there, there we go. That's why the most decorated player uh, in AFL history. There's a few on his tail. Don't worry. Uh, the quiz coming up at 11. Stand by. Your final clue for that next. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, or is it? We are daring to dream uh, heading into September. That's right, spring, only a couple of days away, and it means footy finals. Do we dare to dream about a Brisbane double in the NRL and AFL? Of course we do. We've got a dream. 
right? 131355, that is the number for the quiz. I'm just having a look, and we've got a caller standing by. Uh, Alexi Poprin in action at the uh, at the US Open, Flushing Meadows. He's dropped the first set uh, to Stricker. He's up. Oh, and he got up in the third as well. So uh, he's got a fight on his hand, the Aussie, which is absolutely outstanding. Brett Phillips will give us an update on how all the Aussies are going this hour at Flushing Meadows. But first... Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Ah, cheap indeed. Exactly right. All right, let's have a look. We've got a $100 night out at the Lord Alfred up for grabs. Thanks to our great mates there at Hotel... Well, it's not Hotel LA, but it's the Lord Alfred. Yeah, you exactly know where I'm talking about. The top of Caxton Street. Uh, the first question was, which Lions player had that horrific miss from inside the goal square Saturday against the Saints? John, a good friend of the show out of Burp and Gary. He is first caller uh, off the rank. John, a very good morning to you. Who had the shocker in front of goals on the weekend? I'll say it's Joe Jennerhurt. Uh, sadly, it was Big Joe. Uh, Chris Fagan's press conference was priceless after it. He said, Joe said, oh, I... I've, I've never done that before in my career. And Fagan said, you should never, ever do it in your career. But they got back indeed, which was great to see. All right, question number two, uh, John. Okay, who did the Wallabies lose to in that Rugby World Cup warm-up match on the weekend? I'll say France, and it's not looking good for us, is it? No, no, it's not. Not not yet a win under Eddie Jones, but if you, you know, Eddie, you're just saying, well, I'm saving those wins for the World Cup. But, no, it doesn't augur well at all. Uh, question number three. Things are looking up for you, John. Question number three. Name the Dolphins player who overtook Alec Johnson for the most tries in the NRL this season. Jermaine Asako. One of the reasons why the Dolphins are overachievers in my mind, Jermaine Asako indeed. Question number four. Oh, this could be testing. The AFLW starts this weekend. How many premierships have the Lions won in the six years of competition? I'll say none. Oh, no, John. No, no, no. It's not zero. But because you are one of the first five callers through, you do get a second chance to ring back. That's right. It's the strategy because I know people wait and hold off until the final questions. All right. Let's head out to Bribe Island across the Palmerstones Passage. Steve, morning to you. Yeah, hey, Benny. How are you doing? Very well. Yeah, AFLW, mate. The Brisbane Lions, they've been one of the powerhouses of this competition, but in the six years it's been running, how many times have they won a title? Mate, this is going to be a guess, too. Uh, didn't say two. I was going to say one. You're going to say one? Well, one was correct. It was a good guess. They, they've, they've lost three grand finals. 1-1, one, one. so they have been the dominant force in the comp. But again, they always get written off, but that's good. They love the underdog tags. Uh, question number five. Uh, the Broncos, they last won the minor premiership in the year 2000. Who was the captain of that team? Oh, uh, Darren Lockyer? No, Steve, it wasn't Lockie. It wasn't Lockie, predating Lockie. I mean, he played, but he wasn't the captain. 
Uh, let's head to Steve. You get another chance to call back. Uh, let me see. Greg is out at Mango Hill. Greg on the north side. How are things for you this morning? Who was the captain the last time the Broncos won the minor premiership? Uh, Kevin Walters, mate. He was indeed. He was indeed. Now he can coach them to one too if they beat the Storm on Thursday night. Question number six. Ooh, do you like your tennis, Greg? And I hope you do because that's where we're going. That's where we're going here. Who was the last Australian, male or female, to win a US Open singles title? Sam Stacer. <laughs> yes, bang away, Greg. This is outstanding. Question number seven. We remember we've got that uh, night out at the Lord Alfred up for grabs here. Question number seven. Controversy in international women's soccer over the last week. And no, it's nothing to do with a kiss. The Matildas slipped to what world ranking despite finishing fourth at the World Cup? Oh, I think I've seen something. They dropped to 11 or something. They went backwards, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I don't know how that works, but they went from 10th to 11. No, exactly. Greater minds than us were at play there, you would think. Uh, Greg, you are absolutely flying. Now, question number eight. And I've got to tell you, you've got John out at Ipswich who's death riding you. Steve and the other John have phoned back as well. So let's see. Do your best here. I've mentioned this throughout the program as well. Question number eight. What year did the Broncos last beat the Melbourne Storm? What? 2016? <laughs> yes, it was. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because it was too long ago. But 2016 was, yeah, the last time the, the Broncos beat the Storm. Uh, okay, question number nine. This is news from the last 24 hours. It's got to do with the All-Australian squad. Can you name me the four Lions players who've made the squad? Oh, mate, now you get, now you got me... Um... Uh, Lockie Neal. Yep. Um, uh, um, Charlie Cameron. Yep. Uh, Two to go. Oh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Harrison. Uh, Harrison. Andrews? That's it. Harris Andrews. Yeah, I need one more. That's you've done you've done well. Lockie Neal, Harris Andrews, um, Charlie Cameron, and and um Um Throw a name out, Greg. I need an answer. Uh, I'll go with um Give me a name. Quick, uh, quick, quick. But, uh, Jay Dano. Oh, <laughs> you've just right? you've just <laughs> scraped in, and I, I, I'm getting I'm getting the look from everyone. Going, geez, that was generous. It was. You've just scraped in, and and it was a trick question too because Joe Danaher has already been an answer. Okay, as I said, John out at Ipswich is death riding you. Question number ten: Which female Australian athlete? One gold in the pole vault at the World Championships last week. Oh. Which Aussie world champion women's pole vault? Oh, are you kidding? Um, We've got the clock on. I remember seeing that. Yeah. I've seen that too. That was not the 
it wasn't Moon, that was the American woman. Yeah, that's right, I'm exactly. Who jumped um, over the moon? Cat, cat, cat. Uh, I need an answer. Uh, I need an answer. Quick, Greg, quick, quick. Katarina. Uh, no, 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 Greg. It wasn't Katarina Pascoe, was it? Was that where he went? Greg, you've done extremely well, but don't worry because you were the third caller through. You get another chance because we'll see if this trips them up. Uh, John's out at the switch. He could be flying in, swooping in. John, morning. Morning. How are you? Very well. Who won our pole vault gold medal last week at the World Champs? Was it Nina Kennedy? Yep. John, what about that? Fair dinkum, you've got the nickname Blisters. Turns up after all the hard work's done. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, that's the last man standing quiz, isn't it? It's it's the chance you take. Nina Kennedy was it. You've swooped in. You've got that $100 voucher to the Lord Alfred, too. It may come in handy Thursday night if you're going to the Broncos and Storm. Uh, well done, mate. Congratulations. That's exactly how it's won. I'm going to put you back to the Hoff. He's going to get your details. Nina Kennedy, it was one of the greatest show or the greatest acts of sportsmanship going around at the Elite level, world rivals became, well, they became world-class role models. I said, let's split this. Let's share it. Indeed. It was outstanding stuff. And the world stood up and took notice as well. Uh, what do we got? We've got 13 minutes past 11. It's 22 degrees in the River City right now. We are looking at a top of 24. A shower or two, they tell me. The Bureau of Meteorology. They said that yesterday too, and it didn't really come to fruition. Uh, but 13, 13, 55, we've got the competition line cleared. We've got the open line back up and running or on the text 0467 736 736. Your overachievers and underachievers for 2023, as far as your footy teams are concerned. Uh, plenty wanting to have their say about that. Uh, although I'm going to go to Ray, who said, Ben, in regards to pupil free day at Queensland schools, <laughs> right there. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time today, got an email through from the kids' school saying that Friday is a pupil-free day. Students and teachers won't be at school, so don't send them. What? Pupil-free days? Look, I've been doing this parenting caper for a while. I know they've been around, but it still stuns me. Every time I see this, a pupil-free day. Really? When did that happen? Didn't happen when I was at school. Back in the old days, Dad. Yeah. Well, Ray has said it was brought in after every Bronco and Storm game since 2009. Principals were concerned about the amount of students walking around with their heads down and walking into brick walls. Oh, raise it. Now, come on, 2016. Well, actually, how far does that record go back? Because that was the last time that the Broncos beat Melbourne, 2016. Uh, then you have to go back to 2015. And that was in Melbourne. Oh, actually, yeah, it's truth. So you go back to 2010. So what's that? The last 13 years, in the last 13 years, the Broncos have only beaten the Storm three times. Three times. Oh, that's a lot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. Oh, I'm going to take a nap break, and by the time they get back, I'll count how many times the Melbourne Storm have beaten the Broncos in that time. Uh, quarter past 11 here on SENQ, 13, 13, 55, uh, 0417 736 Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
ahead. Well, what players will be playing this weekend is up in the air. We'll know at four o'clock this afternoon. Team List Tuesday, it takes on all types of importance and then takes all types of twists and turns. If you're heading to Suncorp Stadium on Thursday night, it's a near sellout as well. Only single tickets remaining. What teams are you going to be seeing? I know you're seeing the Broncos team and a Storm team, but will they resemble anything like you've seen this season? From what we're hearing, no. Kevin Walters, we've heard from today, and also Craig Bellamy, both admitting to making changes. And, and Kevin said he actually had to really tear himself apart internally on this because it's not in his nature to put a team out there that that he wouldn't think would be the best team to win for the Broncos. Although he did say it will be a competitive team because any player who pulls on that Broncos jersey will be competitive. But there's so many ramifications to this when it comes to the minor premiership. Uh, But also if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to work out, if you're trying to do your tips for this week, which which way does it go? Oh, dear. Uh, And you know what? If you've got no idea... That, that's okay because the experts don't either. I want to play you a little bit of Tommy Hackett this morning from Labrokes when he was talking to Patton Heels about this scenario of the final round. The least favourite round of the entire NRL season for the Labrokes traders is definitely the final round because it, it seems like it's becoming more and more prevalent that players are getting rested and, uh, yeah, some of these games are, are genuine chaos. So... Brisbane Broncos, Melbourne Storm. Brisbane have drifted a little bit, but there's still just a lot of confusion with this game. Broncos got as short as $1.24 when the news came through that Cameron Munster and Harry Grant would be rested. The Storm got up to $4.20, but then the news came through about all the Broncos players. The Broncos are resting. So back out to $1.40. The Storm got back into $3. Uh, so that, that game is, yeah. is pure chaos from a betting standpoint. We've still got basically pick them for Rabbitohs versus Roosters. Rabbitohs $1.87. Sydney Roosters are $1.94. Similar situation now for the Dolphins against the Warriors. Dolphins $1.87, Warriors $1.94, and then I repeat the repeat it again. Cowboys Panthers, Cowboys $1.87, Penrith Panthers $1.95. What that basically saying is that we've got no idea. Uh, at this point, everyone's <laughs> just guessing, and we'll wait for uh, some more clarity this afternoon. But it it does throw things uh, into real chaos when there is uh, all these uh, key outs and. Uh, it is going to be very interesting to see how the, the market reacts during the week as well because everyone's sort of playing with the same uh, the same level of information at the moment. So we'll probably get a bit more clarity once we get team list today and then uh, the, the markets will sort themselves out from there. Yeah, well, there we go. Tommy Hackett from Labrokes this morning. Uh, so if the experts are struggling, it's okay if you are too, isn't it? <laughs> uh, remember, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org. Dot A-U. Uh, just on the text line, we'll go to that. Uh, Cole, thank you for your text. He said, uh, the NRL should adopt the week off before the finals, similar to the AFL, so that teams don't reduce the integrity of the final round. Cole, that's one way of looking at it. I'm not a fan of the AFL taking a, a week off heading into the finals. I understand that you come at it from it's a brand new competition and you, know, you reset. It gives a chance for players to freshen up, but it also just gives this dead air for a week. I know the AFLW starts this weekend, so there's a bit of clear space for that. I understand that, and I guess it's one of the reasons why the broadcasters are saying, yeah, okay, have have a week off. You give us some content to fill it with, so that's one thing, but especially in non-Victorian markets, Brisbane and, and Sydney, after tomorrow, there's going to be three to five, uh, four to five days of, of really no AFL in the news cycle. The players are 
well, the clubs are wanting to push their AFL players, and, and that's that's totally understandable. Uh, but as far as the AFL, the men's players are concerned, you're not going to be really hearing from them. So it hits a submerged log. That's off the field. On field as well, it disrupts momentum. We hear time and time again from coaches in all codes how important momentum is at this time of year. So, Cole, it's not a bad suggestion. I'm just not a fan of – if you're going to have a week off, have it before the grand final because there's plenty of stories around the grand final when you come down to your two final teams and it just makes your showpiece event even better because you've got the fresher players up ready to go. Um, Brett has asked, hey, Ben, with Damien Hardwick going to the Suns, do you think that Dusty Martin will request to trade to come up from the Tigers? Also, will Damien Hardwick attract more players from other clubs as the Suns coach? They've struggled at being a destination club. Uh, look, there's a fair chance, and I'm tipping that's one of the reasons behind getting Dimmer on board down there. Yeah, of course, he's going to attract quality players, more quality players, but you cannot write off this Suns list. They, You have a look at the VFL and the younger players and their academy players coming through. They and the Lions play in a VFL qualifying final, finishing one and two on the ladder this weekend. So they are strong. They do have depth, and they are a team – for me, a club for me, on the cusp of making finals. We thought this year may have been this year. But Damien Hardwick there, maybe he's just the uh, the man to sprinkle some magic dust on them to get them over the line to play finals for the first time. But, Brad, it's an interesting take. And, yeah, you'd have to think that someone like a, a, a Dusty Martin or others at Richmond who have been coached by Damien Hardwick may want to come north. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, just keeping an eye on what's happening out at Allen Borderfield. It's day two of the four-day match between Australia Ray and New Zealand Day. Although Australia Ray could almost beat the Queensland team. I'm having a look at uh, the players here. You've got Mitch Swepson, Mark Steckity, Jimmy Pearson, Nathan McSweeney, who's captaining the side. Now, I know Nathan McSweeney now plays for South Australia, but he's a North junior uh, and a former Queenslander there. So, um New Zealand Day rolled for 147. That was yesterday. Uh, let me see. Uh, Jordan Buckingham and Mitch Swepson, they did the major damage with the ball, picking up three wickets each. Uh, but we have a look at Australia A, who are batting now, eight for 223. So, yeah, they've passed uh, New Zealand A's total. Uh, looking through some of the batting scores, though, Caleb Jewell, 78. Uh, after that, it gets a bit skinny. Jimmy Pearson out for 30. Uh, at the crease now, Mark Steckity not out for 15. And I think they've just lost a wicket as well. Yeah, they have. Uh, but the big um, look and was yesterday with Cameron Bancroft opening the batting. We know there is an audition on right now for the next Australian opener when David Warner hangs them up after the Sydney test, the New Year's test against Pakistan. Cameron Bancroft had a chance to put his hand up. Uh, out for 14 against New Zealand A. So didn't really do much to push the needle, to bounce the needle as far as selection is concerned for the test team. You'd have to you'd have to think Matt Renshaw's in the box seat for that. You'd have to. He's not playing this game, which I don't know why either. 
Interesting indeed. 13 13 55 0467 We are doing it today. Thanks to Maccas. They're proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Uh, one of the great Queensland success stories over the, the last few years has been Cameron Smith. No, the other one, the golfer. That's right, our major winner at the British Open, a part of Live Golf as well now. But he, he is back home. He's taken some time out and he actually spoke this morning on the announcement that he was here to defend the PGA and be part of uh, the Australian majors as well. But the, but the big question was, what is next year going to look like? N- not only with Live Golf and the US PGA Tour coming together, but when it comes to ranking points, because that's all important when it comes to Olympic selection for Paris. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how everything unfolds. Um, I know... Um, the Olympics, uh, with the Olympics being next year, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to hold on to that, um, to that spot. So that's definitely something in, in my mind and, um, yeah, hopefully they can make it a bit easier for me. Yeah, hopefully they, they do need to come together. I'm sure the, the minds are meeting right now that the, uh, FedEx cup is, uh, uh, done and dusted. We, um, we need to find out what's happening as far as live golf and the tour and what it looks like next year. And when ranking points uh, will, will the live golfers will be able to play for them again? Uh, and will any points be, be reinstated? Will they keep shoring up their position on the ladder? Will there be any dispensation when it comes to the Olympics? All these questions to be answered. Uh, one thing that Cam Smith did mention as well, we know he's a Broncos tragic. Uh, he is home at the moment, uh, but we'll be heading back stateside before the grand final. Although... If the Broncos make the grand final, he said 99% sure he would be there. I reckon take it as read 100% sure. Um, I haven't I haven't actually checked my schedule whether I'm playing or not, but if, if the Broncos are in the final, I'd, I'd say there's a 99% chance I'm going to try and be there. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't miss that one. It's It's been a while for him. Uh, you know, making the grand final, it's been even longer. Um holding the premiership and I don't think I could miss it. <laughs> no, I don't think he would either. He, he would be on, he would be on the plane out here and whatever tournament is on, it just may have to take a back seat if they make the grand final. Uh, October 1 at his camp. So the last week of September, the first week of October. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. You're underachievers and overachievers for 2023. That's on menu this morning, but right now it is time for a news hit with Vanessa. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, no, no, we are not daring to dream it's over at all. We are daring to dream that it could be a Brisbane double in the NRL and AFL grand finals. That's right. We've got to have hope. Although, sadly, I've got to say the dream is over for some Aussies at Flushing Meadows. Day one of the US Open underway. Seven Australians in action today on day one. Uh, let's head now to SEN's tennis expert, the man who's across everything. When does he sleep? Brett Phillips, all thanks to, well, Stan Sport. The US Open is streaming now, every match ad-free, and also the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches. That's AATC.tennis. Brett Good morning to you. It's been a mixed morning been, for Aussies, hasn't it? 
Yeah, mixed bag, uh, Ben. We just had the uh, the last of the Aussies wrap up only a few moments ago as we've turned day yeah, into night. Uh, hasn't been as hot a day. The humidity's been high, which can happen uh, at this time of year in New York. But, yeah, we started with seven, uh, three uh, really good victories for Darius Saville, who, of course, has only six tournaments into you know, coming back from the ACL, which kept her out for quite some time. Significant win today for young Rinky Hidjikata. I'm a massive fan of Rinky, and... The value of one Grand Slam win, Ben. So he was 110 in the world. He's been knocking on the door. He's close. He wins the first round. He jumps to 98 in the live ranking. So another player technically on the men's side, inside the top 100. And he had to battle four hours uh, to win that match. And today was the first match for Isla Tomjanovic uh, for 2023. What a tough year it's been with that knee, which has given her all sorts of trouble this time last year, she played the match of her life to end the career of Serena Williams oh, on yes, uh, centre court on Arthur Ashe and had the crowd uh, silenced and crying and disappointed. But Isla played beautiful tennis. You know, two Grand Slam quarterfinals last year and hasn't been able to get out of the blocks. But she was a little rusty today, but got it done in three. So she survives through to uh, the next round. And yeah, Lexi Popperin, just a tough loss for him after going in at a career-high 40, some really good form post-Wimbledon, he loses to the same man who beat him at Wimbledon in five, this time the lefty from Switzerland, Dominic Stricker, who they're hoping can follow in the footsteps of Roger Federer and Stan Wawrinka as the next sort of Swiss hope, uh, beat Alexi in four. So, yeah, disappointing result. Uh, what about uh, young Olivia? She's from the Gold Coast, isn't she? Olivia Gadecki. Yep. Yeah, just gone down. I just yeah, that's a, a tough one. She, she dominated the first part of that match, so she was playing this young girl who is so exciting. I mean, she's and I'm watching Coco Goff at the moment on centre court. She's you know sort of achieving what Coco Goff was achieving at the age of uh, 16. So we saw her play at the Australian Open Junior Girls Final this year, Mira Andreva, and she lost that match in about three or four hours. She was in tears. And then she's gone on to have this great run on the WTA Tour this year. Cracked the top 100, fourth round Wimbledon. But Olivia Gadecki had her on the ropes today, a set and a break up, and the game just turned in an instant. So tough loss for Gadecki. He did a great job to qualify. I'm a big fan of her. I know Ash Barty spent a lot of time with uh, Olivia hitting when they were in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast, and she's mentored Olivia. And she's around about 130 in the world. It's tough. You get in that little graveyard between 130 and 100. But she's got the temperament that I think can certainly take her to the top 100. But, yeah, a little missed opportunity today. Yeah, qualifier, one to watch uh, in the future. Hey, just just on Rinky, um, Brett, what, what is it about him? Is it What is it that is really popping yep. out for you? Oh, I, I just love anyone that plays that all-court game who's got the capacity to be uh, to move forward into the court. It doesn't come naturally to every player instinctively to go forward. I mean, Max Purcell, who's got X-Factor personified, let's watch out for Max during this tournament. Uh, you know, he was asked in the media, well, you know, do you want to sit back sometimes? He said, no, 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 it's boring. I don't want to play boring tennis. I want to get forward and I want to take the game on. And yes, there's a, there's a risk, high risk, high reward. And Rinky has played a lot of great doubles in his career. And often if you, if you have a good doubles foundation that lays the success for singles because you, you're a good natural volleyer, uh, he, he anticipates well. He's just an intelligent player. He spent some time in the college system as well. And he's just a hard worker, Rinky, who's who's come through the grades. And we've watched him from the ITF tour to the Challenger tour and now up to the ATP tour. So 
hopefully this is the tournament. And he's going to play another unseeded player in Marton Fucevic of Hungary, who uh, defeated the seeded Sebastian Korda uh, today. So a little door opens up that he can maybe win another round and uh, walk out of the US Open inside the top 100. Geez, that'd be nice too. He's, one of got, he's got one of the great names in Australian sport and we keep an eye on him and one of the great games as well by the, the sounds of that as well. Uh, Brett, I, I know you're busy. We'll keep uh, keep chatting throughout the uh, tournament. The US Open, of course, it's now streaming on Stan Sport every match ad-free. And, of course, if you're watching on Centre Court, you'll be able to see that in 4K as well. Don't forget the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches too, aatc.tennis. Brett Phillips, uh, enjoy the rest of the day. I'm sure you'll be able to hear his updates on the network as it goes on throughout the day and also here tomorrow uh, with me when we kick it off again at 9 o'clock. But we've still got 15 minutes to go in the show right now, which is fantastic. Uh, text line lighting up, but also I, I want to bring you some of Adam Reynolds because we're hearing... We're hearing from the coach, Kevy, this morning, and we've heard from Craig Bellamy about Thursday night's game, the Storm game and the Broncos. The Broncos are up against it. Even though they are at home and the Storm are hearing, we're hearing they're going to be resting possibly up to 10 or 11 players. The Broncos have no Adam Reynolds. They have no Pat Carrigan. And they have no Katoni Staggs. They're, they're forced out with injury and suspension. And if what we are hearing as far as the players that will be rested, Kevy said he's got to make the decision today, but maybe no Painhaas, uh, no Cobbo, no Farnworth. Uh, it's going to be a fairly different looking Broncos side. But the skipper, he has got full faith in this Broncos team, whoever goes out against the Storm. No, you don't know. Um, sort of that unpredictability that you may need to call on some some player at any time, and um, you know we've proven that we can win those games without some key members of the squad. And um, yeah, it obviously gives the rest of the boys a lot of confidence to you know get in there that others can do the job as well. Yeah, and we've won it without, or the Broncos have won it without Adam Reynolds, haven't they? That that's not an issue anymore. In fact, it's the next man up mentality that Brisbane have shown that they can get the job done against any opponent, but missing that many, what happens? Or were they hiding in nothing anyway? The Melbourne Storm in their last 26 outings against Brisbane have won 23. That's a huge record. If there's ever a bogey team, this is it. 2016 was the last time the Broncos beat the Storm. And at Suncorp, you've got to go back to 2009. We just score more points in. I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I honestly, I, I, I found that a little bit hard to believe when someone said that to me yesterday. You know, we, um, yeah, but um, I, I, I don't think there's any secret. Yeah, we just prepare each week to who, whatever we're playing against, and you know, try and do our best to, uh, I suppose you know, combat their, their strengths and, and play to our strengths. But, uh, yeah, like I say, I, I, I wasn't aware of that, but certainly the Broncos have, uh, you know, taken some real big steps forward this year. You know, like I say, with them and Penrith are a bit ahead of everybody else at the moment. But, um, as I said, hopefully uh, we can make up a little bit of ground this week and uh, lead into the finals. You said that. Mm, Craig Bellamy, are, are you buying it? Are you buying that he didn't know the record? And really, we don't do anything differently against the Broncos. They probably don't, but you can't tell me they don't circle that match on the calendar. Brisbane, Melbourne. It's been one of the great modern-day rivalries. It has been for the last two decades. Yeah, right. 
Craig. Exactly. Uh, 13, 13, 55, Do you have any dramas with them resting players? I just feel as a fan, you get you get robbed. You, you, you just don't get the full experience. I get it tactically and strategically. Well, in a way, I get it, where you're trying to have players as fresh. We're trying to have that manpower rather than momentum when it comes to the finals because that's the either-or here. Do you take that momentum into finals, which we keep hearing is the key coming into finals, or do you have the manpower fresh, ready to roll? If you were a coach, what would you do? 13 13 55 0467 736 If you're looking for a present for dad this Father's Day, that's right, Sunday. Struth, that's right. This Sunday, uh, the Titans have got one for you. They've got a double header this Father's Day. It's the Bulldogs in the NRL. Before that, it's the NRLW against the Tigers. If you want a great day out for dad, they've got live entertainment. They've got bands. They've got two games of footy. Titans.com.au for tickets. We're 10 away from midday. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Hope it's getting you through the night and the day for the month of September. Do we dare to dream? Of course we do. Brisbane could be title town in both the NRL and AFL. No, it's not the early crow. It's just getting on board, building up the hype. We love it. The Lions, second spot on the ladder. The Broncos, well, they've got second spot lockdown. Do they get the minor premiership? They can lock that down Thursday night at Suncorp if they can buck the trend, if they can overcome the Melbourne Storm for the first time since 2016. Uh, some news coming out of the Lions' den. The uh, Tomorrow night, their Hall of Fame dinner in the 20-year reunion for the three-peat of the 2003 grand final team. He's going to have an extra element to it as well. Jared Berry spoke this morning uh, before the team trained and he had with him Dev Robinson's jumper, the one that was torn off him against Collingwood. Well, they found it. They've put it away. We know Dev was very bashful, regardless of what the commentary around it has been. He he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't want to bar it. He, he says he wasn't flexing or looking at himself on the big screen. Although his teammates said, of course, if you see there with that shirt on, you'd just be sucking your guts in anyway. But they do have his jumper. And Jared Berry said this morning that um, Dev has donated it to the Berry boys, to Tom and to Jared, even though Tom's down the coast now with the Suns. But they're going to be auctioning it off tomorrow night at the Hall of Fame dinner and all proceeds going to breast cancer research. And we know the impact that that has had on the Berry boys and their family uh, losing mums. So uh, it's a fantastic gesture uh, from uh, Deb, but also from the club too, to give that jersey, the one that was stripped and went down into sporting folklore with Deb wearing it for the best part of three minutes uh, before <laughs> before he got rid of it uh, in total. So there we go. It's all part of a year that has been 2023. There's been plenty of overachievers, plenty of underachievers as well. Uh, but the Lions, they could be the next team to be part of a, a, a Brisbane sporting folklore when it comes to lifting a trophy. Uh, someone else who's quickly gaining cult hero status in this city is the Italian Stallion. And I'm talking about none other than Spencer Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Some say, when I say some, I'm looking at my wife and daughter at home uh, playing for the Brisbane Heat. He looks a lot like Dr. Chris Brown. 
maybe that's the attraction. For me, I think it's the fact that he can be an amazing death bowler and he can swing it both ways at 150 k's an hour. We're going to see him in the green and gold, all things being equal, uh, in two nights' time in South Africa. The Aussie T20 team, they play the first of their T20s against South Africa in Durban. And Travis Head, one of the world's best batsmen. Well, he's been impressed with Spencer Johnson and what he has seen with the young fella on tour. As someone who bowls a high speed and can swing the new ball. Um, but yeah, he's done it over the last couple of tournaments now, over the last couple of months. He's, he's coming in, his body's good, um, he's bowling fast. So um, yeah, hopefully he can be that guy for us at the top of the, uh, the bowling innings. Uh, there we go. Hopefully he can be the man to do that. He did it so well for the Brisbane Heat so quick. Uh, he was nearly unplayable. Uh, he's done some great things over in the 100 as well in the UK. So much so, Michael Vaughan was asking, where has this bloke been? He's been bowling rockets down in South Australia. He burst on the Big Bash stage last summer with the Heats, and now he's found himself in the Australian setup with the white ball uh, when it comes to the T20, and he'll be unleashed on the international stage against South Africa, as I said, all things being equal, in Durban uh, on Thursday night, the 31st. Just looking at this coming through from the NRL, some breaking news here. Oh, this is great stuff. Um, Belinda Sharp and Casey Badger will make officiating history, refereeing history uh, this weekend, the first females to referee in the NRL are under the single referee system. Uh, we know Belinda Sharp has done it before when there was two refs. When was that? Jeez, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Uh, but now they have been selected to be the head referee for a game in, let me see, Belinda Sharp is going to referee uh, Manly v. the West Tigers. That's on Friday down at Brookvale. And Casey Badger is going to referee the Titans and Bulldogs match. There we go. That's Sunday, Father's Day. So this is outstanding stuff. Um, we know the CEO, Andrew Abdo, has been uh, on the phone to congratulate both of them. A momentous achievement as well. So for the first time, we are going to see Casey and Belinda in charge of an NRL match uh, single-handedly. Great stuff, girls. Uh, we wish you all the best. Uh, thank you for being part of the last three hours. It's been an absolute blast. I'm going to hand it over to Jimmy Smith now. We'll do it all again tomorrow from 9. Remember, Mal Meninga, Kangaroos coach and the 13th Immortal. He'll be on the line after 10 o'clock. Uh, until then, good luck, good hunting.